Three, two, one. Great. I was in a session where they did the clap, and I, it was the first time where I was like, oh, this is like a legitimate thing. This is just some <laughs> bullshit that Chris made up. <laughs> Isn't it nice? I have such faith in you. It, to be fair, mm-hmm. would I make up something like a hand clap? Of course I would. Yeah. Would I make it a an ironic team spirit building thing that I both genuinely mean and absolutely do not mean at the same time? Of course. Yeah, I feel like that's pretty much your job description. It's it's how I live my life. Mm-hmm. Full sincerity, complete mocking of yeah. myself. Yeah. Uh, this is Carb Face. Hello. Hello. It's a podcast. It's a podcast. Uh, that's that's Lori Wollover. And uh, the other person's Chris Thornton. How good! See, I got it right. You got I, it. You I, only hesitated for a second. I also like, like even not a full second. Swallowed my words and made it like as anticlimactic as possible. Oh yeah, you really downplayed me, and that's what I live for. So mm-hmm. thank you for that. Mm-hmm. This is a podcast, and it is about Julia Child. For now. For now. Yeah, I mean... And this is, I think, for now, our last Julia Child mm -hmm, episode. mm -hmm. But people are begging us to do other... And I'm not joking. I'm not not joking. Okay. Please do other seasons of Julia Child. Will you do Julia Baking? Okay. Will you do Julia uh, Goes to Vegas? Will you (sighs) do Julia... What? No, she didn't go to Vegas. I would venture a guess that that woman never went to Las Vegas in her entire life. Okay, top three places Julia Child never went. Go. Las Vegas. Vegas, Sure. Atlantic City. Okay. Staten Island. Wow. Yeah, no, I think you're right on Staten Island. It's hard to get to. It's hard to get to. You really only go there if you have like a strong reason or if you're driving from Brooklyn to New Jersey. Mm-hmm. I've done that. There was also, and help me with the name, because you know I like to add an and in there that is not in there. Mm-hmm. Fish's Eddie. Did I say it correctly? Fish's Eddie. Yes. There was a Fish's Eddie outlet that I once took my kids to so that we could get out of the house. They were mm-hmm. all very little. Mm-hmm. They were graduating from the, the plastic plates of toddlerhood mm-hmm. into ceramic. real plates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, into ceramic of some sort. But I forget why I wanted to get them their own plate. I I don't know. Probably just an excuse to let my wife have the house yeah. to herself. And I probably made up a cheap, you know, a cheap outing mm-hmm. where I wouldn't have mm-hmm. to spend a lot of money. So each kid got to choose their plate. They used them once. <laughs> really? Why? They didn't like them? I don't know. I think I think they all chose like huge platters. <laughs> and I couldn't talk them out of like getting a smaller plate. So yeah. You know, do you need a serving platter for <laughs> chicken nuggets? Sure. Yeah. You do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For macaroni and cheese for Annie's? Sure. Mm-hmm. But after a while, it becomes... I think they were too heavy for the kids to carry, quite <laughs> honestly. <laughs> Great plan. Well executed. Uh, it, it was $20 worth of silence for my wife. That seems enough. That, yeah, absolutely. 
Uh, that's very nice of you. It also oh, thank you. Seem, seems to me quite brave to bring young children who are just transitioning out of toddlerhood into a store that uh-huh. is just full of <laughs> ceramics and glass. It was a lot of, don't touch anything. Don't touch. That's don't touch. so fun. Choose your plate. Don't touch. Yeah. <laughs> and see, that's where my plan really fell out of control mm-hmm. because then the kids couldn't actually carry their plates. Right. Put some music in and then we start the show. Did you watch this episode of The French Chef with Julia Child? I did. Good. <laughs> that would be upsetting if you had. Did you? It would have did you? really put the onus on me. Uh, I yeah. did. I watched it twice. The first time I watched it, I had the television on and I will admit I was uh, looking at Twitter the entire time. So every once in a while oh, I'd look okay, up and be sure. like, oh, what's she doing? And then yesterday I sat down and focused on it and wrote notes and really paid attention. So... Yeah. So I I I did as well and I did a tiny bit of research. Oh. Excellent. Because I wanted to know why did the series end? Oh, okay. Right? It was going so well. So sources for uh the facts that I will share throughout and I'll try to sprinkle them in at, at great times. Okay. We've got Wikipedia. Have you heard of that? Um, no. Tell me more about it. Okay. It's it's uh it's a uh, it's like an encyclopedia, but uh, on the web. And then a book called Julia Child's The French Chef by Dana Poland. That's from 2011. Mm-hmm. And Dana Poland is a professor of cinema studies at NYU. Mm-hmm. And he also wrote a book about The Sopranos. And he mm-hmm. wrote a bunch of, he's written a bunch of books. Mm-hmm. So um, he goes back into memos and um, the documentation that has survived, that was held onto in her archives, I believe. To go back and see what was actually happening. So it's not just him theorizing. Mm-hmm. He's actually doing the research mm-hmm. and, the, and the work. Mm-hmm. So those are our sources today. One right. more legitimate than the other one. Yes. Uh, so we're, yeah. we we are in s- season 10 mm-hmm. of The French Chef. The final season. The final season. It's 1973. And we are watching, what, the third from the end episode I called so. Two dollar banquet two dollar banquet banquet. when you hear two dollar banquet what comes to mind what are you thinking candy like yeah i don't know different candy shaped Mm -hmm. like real food (laughs) candy Mm -hmm. corn candy shaped like real food candy corn thanksgiving candy corn no, yeah. I don't know. I mean, the first thing I think, honestly, is like, okay, well, this was 1973. It is now 2021. Yes. Uh, and I, How much would this actually cost? Yeah, and I did that. That is the sole piece of research that I did for this episode. And it turns out, as of yesterday, uh, it is the equivalent of $12.26 in today's U.S. dollars. So still, still, you know. It's not very much money. Um, it's not a lot of money to feed for, but, you know, ask Marisa Miller friend and listener of the podcast she'll tell you how to make dinner for four for like a dollar fifty wow okay she'll make it happen okay i think it'll involve beans so she starts and we're we're in 1973 we've got new music mm-hmm. right off the bat mm-hmm. well she she tells us what the episode is about but boy did i love that music that music was happy and joyous do you not recall it i was gonna say i wasn't 
sure whether it was the same music from the last episode we recapped, which was season five, where I, I, I wasn't sure if it was still, um, I believe the, the official title is uh, Oliver Poops in the Bath. Or no, um, mm-hmm. what's mm-hmm. Nellie's brother's name? from Little House um, on the Willie. Prairie. Willie. Willie. Willie? All right, no, so it was neither one of those. Uh, a Child but, Poops but in the that, Bath by yes. Johann Strauss. Yeah, and um, as everybody knows, Melissa Gilbert, that was Melissa Gilbert's brother that played Willie. So mm-hmm. I, did, okay. I didn't know that, actually. Yeah, it's a fact. Uh, it's really interesting. It's a fun one. Mm-hmm. And I, I got to say that Julia's coming in bright and happy and I don't want to say chic, but she, her outfit was fantastic. It was, I what are you talking about? about? It was the it. exact same outfit she wears in every episode. It's some kind yeah, of, that's what I mean. Uh, uh, a starched shirt. She's got some sort of a, a pendant, uh, uh, like a badge on one side. Mm-hmm. That's, I'm sure mm-hmm. it's something to do with her and her friends from France. Sure. Uh, she's got a, a smart apron and probably a skirt or maybe slacks underneath. It's unclear. Uh, she looks exactly the same. Right. I gotta say, the color, the transition to color is a little... Yeah, we're in color. I'm like, mm, I'd be fine going back to black and white, honestly. <laughs> Somehow color like reveals all of the deep weirdness of that set, which I don't yeah. think has changed yeah. since season five. I It uh, has. It has? Okay. All right. It has. That's okay. I'm totally not observing. We now have an inset. There's now an inset where oh, her, right. uh, on, the, on the back wall where the pegboard is, mm-hmm. it feels like she brought somebody in and said, I have $500. Mm-hmm. I'd like to remake my kitchen. Mm-hmm. What can I do? And there's nothing wrong with doing that, mm-hmm. right? Or mm-hmm. maybe she might've had $75. I can't tell. Somewhere yeah. between 75 and 500. Mm-hmm. And that is great that that's what she has. But it feels like somebody said, well, let's make this kind of um, like a tavern feel behind yeah. it. And we'll we'll just put keep the pegboard there, but then we'll build some, some faux brick okay. around it. Okay. And there is that bit where you can see into the next room, which also just yes. makes me so inexplicably sad for some reason. The green carpet, mm-hmm. the, I don't know, you know, I don't know terms for furniture, but the, I'll just say the depressing... <laughs> looking table just yeah, the, the whole called. thing just i don't know i had a real emotional visceral sadness around the color maybe it's the fact that it just looked like the way tv used to look when we were kids and it, it, i don't know i was a depressed child <laughs> right so you, you identified with it yeah. you could feel yourself there I, some of the things that came out in the in the book by uh dana Pollan. It, it was interesting that WGBH right around this time, maybe a little, a few years before when they decided to colorize or, or put it in color, not colorize, but, but put everything in color was, was trying to bring a sense of freshness to what they had been doing and to their programming and using the switch to color to appeal to what was happening within the culture, make them feel more current than perhaps they had been mm-hmm. in the past. Mm-hmm. So I like that you're depressed by it yeah. because mission accomplished. Yeah. yeah. Mission Now I'm sure in 1973 it was fresh and exciting and, you know, go for them. I think it's also, it speaks to the, uh, the limits of the technology that I'm sure things didn't look as sort of weirdly sepia-toned and washed out and tragic as they look uh, in this standard definition 
uh, version that I've been watching on Amazon Prime on my laptop. Like I'm sure there's many mm-hmm. layers mm-hmm. of flattening and uh, general decay that have gone on to make it. Uh, I don't know. I just I think you're giving it. time too much credit. I think you're giving time passing far too much credit. Mm-hmm. I think this is exactly what it looked like, Probably. and we thought it looked fresh and new sure. because we had been watching Leave It to Beaver reruns right. on Channel 55 out of Fort Wayne, Indiana every day. Okay, and it was nice to have something in color. Yeah, uh, I was literally she... still not born yet when this episode aired, but that's all right. Okay. I I think we decided this was in January, like right before I was born, but I could be wrong. Anyway, I think I'm I'm certainly in the womb. Mm-hmm. I'm kicking around, mm-hmm. right? I'm ready to burst forth. Could have been aborted that year. Wasn't. Legal. Legal. Jesus legal. Christ. Something to celebrate. Yeah. Julia Child starts it off, and, and this show's not an abortion at all. She says, what? <laughs> Let me give a cleaner cup. I can't use that. Julia is face face to camera, just ready to pop. And she says, what do you do when you want to have a banquet and all you have is $2? It's such what a do do? weird question. I feel what like do you the do? first answer is like, don't have a banquet. Yes, uh, right. Maybe Say just no. Like, no, thank you. No company. Yeah. Like get yourself invited to somebody else's house. Uh, make oh, one dish true. and go to the church potluck. Um Go to the bingo hall and see if you can win two or three more dollars. Mm-hmm. Get out on the corner and see who you meet exactly. and how much cash they have. Exactly. Show a little skin. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but that's not Julia's style, and we know that. Call your weird uncle. Mm. There are lots of things you can do. Yes. Um, that is not her style. Absolutely not. I and But she is... Full of joy. And maybe it's because she knows the the season and and series is ending. Mm. And one of the things that came through in in the book was that, think about, she's in 10 seasons. What are they doing? 20-ish episodes every season? Mm -hmm. She's in a Groundhog's Day type of situation over and over and over, Mm -hmm. where I think that they're starting to use pre-tape things in in, uh, some of the seasons. But this one is they're they're going back to let's just show you how to make it from start to finish. Dump and stir. Dump and stir and let me talk you through every step. But she just seems more free and less driven by the clock than the last episode for me. I know you didn't feel that, but she doesn't seem rushed at all in mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. She seems completely in control. There's exuberance, full confidence. I'm loving her right from the start. And I can't... St- Go ahead. I was going to say, I think, you know, the the stereotypical thing that people, when people sort of try and do their Julia Child impression, I think it really comes from these later seasons because mm-hmm. she is, she is a thousand percent herself. She's like, what do you do when you want to have a banquet, but you only have two dollars? And she's listing like a fucking ship. She's like <laughs> that yacht in Wolf of Wall Street. She is all over the fucking place. There is chop. I'm like, how much cooking sherry is in that bottle? I don't even know if there's cooking sherry on the set. That just seems like a very 1973 reference. Um, she is, uh, she's she's really come into herself. I'm curious. I wonder if the book addresses this at all. 
Um, was she coached? Was she directed to really lean into that sort of jolly weirdo persona that people love? So they, they talk a little bit about the SNL time and that, that, yeah, this is right around the SNL time, probably a little bit before, but, but actually I don't know if that's true because how long, when did Saturday Night Live start? I think they started in 75. Yeah. So this would have been right before it. So no, it's, it's not connected, but I think you're right that they're drawing from this persona, this personality mm-hmm. that we're seeing in, in the later years. Mm-hmm. And making it so they're not concurrent, but I think you're right. They they're definitely drawing from this because the nineteen what seventy when did we start nineteen sixty three? So the nineteen sixty eight episodes that we saw, there's not a lot to parody. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of looseness there. Yeah. There's a lot of confidence, but there's not a lot of looseness. I think you're right. Yeah. She's she's, I think she's over it at this point. And and. From, from what the book said. Like, she's tired of doing the same thing day after day. Also, at this point, her husband, and her husband, of course, is... Stanley Tucci. Stanley Tucci. It has had a series of strokes. Oh. Um, she, can you imagine, you know, the, the at least what as a movie would have us believe that you know, this is the love of her life. The guy who really got her mm-hmm. in a way that nobody else did. Mm-hmm. And... It's also Stanley Tucci. Yeah. And have I seen Stanley Tucci's penis? I have. I've seen it. In a film We've or talked about this, I believe. The, at the on urinal. stage. On stage. No, on stage. Adam, get up on stage and show me. <laughs> Just show for me you. His penis. You took Can I your see it? took your toddlers to a special uh, private like, showing of just, Stanley Tucci's penis. Hey, this penis. is the Tucci show, and we're gonna see little Tucci. And let me tell you, it's not that little. Oh God. Wait, was he in a play where he did full frontal nudity? Yeah, he did full frontal nudity with Edie Falco. Oh, my God. With whom he was involved, as I recall. I don't know that. Welcome to Who Weekly, a podcast about naked celebrities. Um, They were. I believe they were romantically involved for a long time. I love that for them. Yeah. Uh, And it really came through in Frankie and Johnny at the Claire de Lune, Mm. I think is what it's called, right? That play? Yeah. Yeah, Frankie and Johnny got turned into a movie with Al Pacino and... Michelle Pfeiffer. uh, Thank you. Yeah, and Michelle Pfeiffer's married to... Randy Quaid? Mm -hmm. No. That's right. Who is she married to? That's right. No, that's right. No, that's right. (laughs) I love her. I will always... To me, Michelle Pfeiffer, the only role that matters was uh, Stephanie Zanoni in Grease 2. That's the only one that matters. Yes. That's how I first got to know her. Nothing compares. She is perfect. That is the superior of the two Grease films. Do not fight me on this. I am right. If there was a Grease 3, I don't want to know about it. (laughs) But of the two. But of the two, that one is better. Also, that's where we first meet Pamela Adlon. Or maybe she had worked mm-hmm. before, but that's where I first met Pamela Adlon. And, was, and tell us more about Pamela Adlon. Oh, my God. She is the best in the world. She has a show on Fox called Better Things. She's uh-huh. a uh, longtime, uh, I guess you would call her a character actor and a very successful voice actor uh, who probably, like any of the best animated shows of the last 30 years she has been a part of um she makes her show now is called better things she writes it she directs it she produces Mm -hmm. it she acts in it and it is very closely or i don't know if it's closely it's based on her own life and it's so fucking funny and she started it with louis ck and the minute the shit came out about him she was like even though they were such good friends and such 
close working partners. She was like, yeah. all right, well, fuck that guy and kept going yeah, and, and kept yeah. making this, uh, what I think is a really brilliant show. It's on FX. It's on FX. Anyway, well, ZZZ, these are my, these are. No, I think that's really interesting and we love her. That's a really, really good show. The birthday party episode is really wonderful. Oh, see, so you do know. You were pretending like, like you didn't know who she was. I didn't know her name and I'm sorry. And that is on me. That is not Ooh. her fault. That's, I didn't do the work. And I apologize. Do the work. Uh, can we go back to Let's... Greece one? Did I? Who do you think I played in Greece? In your high school. In musical? high school. Uh huh. Uh huh. Oh God! The principal, the coach, the football coach. No, you played. No. Did you play no. um, Danny? No. Uh, oh no! The other guy, the really the one who's like middle aged, but he's in high school. Grease Lightning. Uh, <laughs> yes. What was I his played name? Kinnicky. You're right. Oh my God. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah. Did I get to say it's a real pussy wagon? No, I didn't. They changed it. I didn't. Yeah. I changed it. And then uh, the the car uh-huh. was, when I bring out Grease Lightning, uh-huh. it was a golf cart <laughs> with the, the top taken off uh-huh. and then uh, a cardboard flat, like a stage flat. Uh-huh on on the side of it and then a car very nicely it was a very nice paint job mm-hmm. on the cardboard so that was grease lightning oh my god i s- did did people laugh of course they did knowing what i know about the way that you grew up uh in uh, in a certain religious tradition etc cetera, etc cetera, i'm actually shocked uh-huh. that this that grease was acceptable as a musical to stage in your high school we had to do a lot of cutting i bet we did a lot of cutting. Yeah, it was a 10-minute show. <laughs> it was. It was very, very short. Very short. It was just Grease, Lightning, and um, Beauty School Dropout, and then we closed it, nice. and then that was it. But it was not, really powerful. What was the alternate lyric if, if Pussy Wagon wasn't acceptable? Uh, Vagina um, Wagon? <laughs> oh, no. Did you? It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a real sperm-filled wagon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a, it's a jizz town wagon. It's mm. uh, it, nobody got nobody would cream, either. Mm. <laughs> I don't know what we said. What's a what's a good, what's a good substitute like a Christian substitute for that rhymes with wagon, or or it'll make him cream. The or the chicks will cream. What's a good substitute? It's the chick. The chicks. He's will. the chicks' dream. Oh, that's I mean, that's good. a rhyme. That's just a straight rhyme, but the chicks... But I like that. No, the, you can't say cream. we got to take it in a completely different yeah. direction. I, You did it. The, well the done. The chicks will well done. shoplift uh, FDS feminine deodorant spray from <laughs> your local Rite Aid <laughs> on their way to church. That's what I say. Dot com. So then we find out that Polaroid is the sponsor, mm-hmm. which is so exciting. Mm-hmm. Now, what are we going to make... What's Polaroid sponsoring? They are sponsoring the words. Eggplant. Tranche d'aubergine. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to say it correctly. Uh, That's ragout provençal. Yeah. That's as good. What you just did is as good as I can do. Fine. Um, but I do. And what? I do like that the Polaroid, you know, Polaroid standing for like brilliant color and beautiful photography and whatever, right. family fun and all your memories, et cetera, et cetera. Don fucking Draper jerking off in the corner. They put the word Polaroid in the middle of this like 
kind of underwhelming, like plate of eggplant. I was like, mm, it's no one. There wasn't such a thing as a art director on the set. No. So she comes back and she says, "Okay, two dollars for four people is going to be great for uh, a banquet if you root around enough <laughs> yes. in the supermarket." Yes. <laughs> If you root around enough. And what I, one of the things that the book said was that she was really trying to make sure that the show was not about fancy mm. or elite, that it was very focused in on how people actually lived. And they were, they were thinking about like a second series that got her out of this rut mm-hmm. that she was in of just being stuck to the cookbook, mm-hmm. which, you know, Fair. when you find success, I would guess, but then mm-hmm. you're stuck with that success and then that's all people want mm-hmm. from you because it's so good. Yeah, that would feel really, really limiting. And they talk about one of the phrases, I think, was something along the lines of, you know, Julia in the or the French chef meets the real world mm. or it, it, that that type of feel where Julia is able to actually make sure that it's it's grounded in reality. Mm-hmm. And I that's what I am digging a lot about this entire episode is this is cooking that makes sense. It's cooking that is easy. It is cooking that feels, boy, she didn't say peasant food, but boy, oh boy, this is like when you have to make dinner and you don't have a lot of money, what are you going to do? And when you want it to make it, when you want to make those ingredients go a lot further than you could ever imagine they could on their own, Let's put them together in really interesting ways. And then she keeps talking about eggplant pizza. Yeah. She can get, she got an eggplant for cheap and the best she could do for a protein, she does say protein, mm-hmm. was a chicken giblets. Giblets? Giblets. 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 When you read the word giblets and then you realize it's giblets. I thought, giblets. I thought she said, I thought she actually said meat. The best I could do for meat. Oh, God damn it. You're right. She did. It would be so weird if she said protein. I feel like the whole space protein. time continuum would rip. Did you know what, I, did you know what word came back? What? I almost said it. What? Icebox. Oh, icebox. yes. Yes, yes, yes. She said icebox again. Mm-hmm. Thank goodness. All right. So she's grabbing this eggplant and she keeps talking about eggplant pizza throughout. Mm-hmm. She just wants to make italian food Mm -hmm. and this is such a because i was reading selections from the book that she was kind of over the show that had run its course i keep looking for clues like where is she trying to break out of prison Mm -hmm. and pizza i think was a clue Mm -hmm. for me because she keeps calling it she never says tranche tranche d'aubergine again Mm -hmm. ever Mm -hmm. throughout the episode Mm -hmm. she just calls him the, the eggplant pizza yeah so she grabs this eggplant and th- it's not it's not a penis joke at this point. No. But it does go sexual. First of all, she says, in French, eggplant is called aubergine. Like the the She's thrilled. The level of of animation around that fact is so hilarious and weird. Uh but then she talks about how the best eggplant is a female eggplant. And uh my Italian grocer uh friend air quote friend shows you uh showed me that the the male is has an indentation which i thought was interesting the, and yeah the, f- the female's more desirable the female's right? more desirable i guess flavor wise i mean she never really 
like mm-hmm. put that together, just that it's more desirable. Mm-hmm. And it has but a flat end. Can you talk end. about the indentation? Yeah, talk about the indentation. The male eggplant has an indentation at the end and is a little bit rounded, which is just not what I would have expected. I would have expected no. it to be the other way. So eggplants doing their own thing out there in the plant kingdom, not hewing to what we think of as male and female human body traits. That's right. Um, Can you do... You, did you happen to look at the screen while she was doing I this? I did, yeah. They looked did identical. You, they're pretty close, but yeah. did you notice how she kept rubbing the butthole oh, yeah. of the eggplant? She was really into that hole, and her finger just kept going around and around it and tap, 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 I, and I thought that was interesting. I'm not sure we watched the same video. I, I, Or maybe I'm just not as... Uh, cultured as horny <laughs> maybe not as porny as i i just i thought it was really really interesting i'll i'll take a screen capture of that okay. and then you can you can okay you know find it in our instagram stories or, or find it did you know we have a tiktok now no really <laughs> yeah we've, oh, we've got God. a tiktok i haven't posted oh, anything wow okay but maybe you can find it on tiktok i'll put it on there that's a good okay. place to put it okay and then folks if you would uh like do a duo with it if you would and get your own vegetable that you're going to finger its butthole mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. So we'll get a whole fingering butthole thing with her talking about mm. eggplants. Mm-hmm. Did you notice when she said you're looking for a long, thin female mm-hmm. that she looked down and she smiled to herself for like a half second? Yes. It was beautiful. She knew, she what knew she was exact- doing. She knew and I love her for mm-hmm. it. She knew exactly what she was saying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, she's like Uh, nine feet tall, so she's like, you know, (laughs) like me. So she sliced off the ends, and then she says, can I tell you something that I I learned, because we're constantly learning from Mm -hmm. her? I'd always go about and go, oh, I don't know if I'm going to have enough Mm. for four people. Mm -hmm. I don't know if everybody will get the same amount of servings. And she says, if you've got one eggplant, you got four people. I want you to slice it into 12 slices so everybody gets three. Mm. And I know that's just simple math mm-hmm. in dealing with the limitations of the eggplant and then creating equal parts out of that. But for some reason, I've never thought about that. I'd always be like, oh, well, it needs to be a half inch thick. So they have to be exactly these sizes. And she's like, no, screw that. Mm-hmm. We're on a budget. Make sure everybody gets the same amount. Mm. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Loved it. I thought it was very, it showed a real confidence that she started from one end and was just eyeballing it and like mm-hmm. just had a confidence that she was going to she was going to get 12 slices uh whereas I would start in the middle and then divide each you know cut it in half and then cut each of those halves in half in order to be very sure that I was going to get mm-hmm. the, the number of slices I needed and I and there was a she little bit 13. of a little bit of tension where I was like oh shit is she going to make it and she did, of course, obviously. She did. She got 13 yeah. even. She's like, oh, I've got 13. So she did. It was a little bit of a show off thing, I think, sure. actually. You know, sure. I can I can do even better than you thought. Mm-hmm. She gets a new flat dish out. She puts a little olive oil on it after she salted them. You've already talked about salting mm-hmm. them. She puts a little olive oil on that pan that she's going to put in the oven. And she lets you know you're also going to serve it on this dish. Mm-hmm. And she dries off the slices one by one. With those green paper towels that all I could think of was a gas station bathroom. I've never <laughs> seen I've never seen a lime green or a mint green paper towel like that. And they freaked but me we the did today. fuck out. We did today. Mm-hmm. And uh, what what 
what kind of colored toilet paper did you grow up with? Uh, I think white. What did, wasn't that Were a thing? Were you always white? Wasn't that a thing? Yeah, because my mom was not about that life. She was mm-hmm. not about mm-hmm. like, you know, it was like, what's what do I have a coupon for? A one A. Yes. And then also yep. like, what's a you know what's a good value? Like we were not into a a colored toilet paper. Also, I will say those toilet papers tended to be very like on the thicker side, and we mm-hmm. had well water and we had to be just yeah. very mindful of at all times of everything we did with water coming in yes. and leaving the house do you remember the caution of don't use too much oh toilet my God. paper don't use too much toilet paper that. don't flush the uh, toilet too many times uh yep. short showers uh the, the well can't take it yeah it was uh it was a lot of uh it was fine it was good i, I mean i have i am to this day extremely a bitch about um, wasting water. So <laughs> great. To yeah, know. my son loves she, it. She's worried she can't get all the eggplant slices in the pan for her pizza, but uh, and she doesn't, and she gives up. Mm-hmm. And and she shows you how to like salt and pepper, and then a little bit of olive oil on each one, uh, or salt and pepper on them. And she's she does she does a swap out right, and she's like, all right, one's actually ready to go here, and then she throws it into the oven. Mm-hmm. And for 20 minutes at 375. Mm-hmm. Now, at that point, we're, we think we're done. We're not sure. We're not sure. Now she says, like, this, she, is the, this is the preliminary or this is the, the par cook. Or she doesn't say either one of those words, but she makes it clear that okay. this is just step one. This is one. the first bake. Yeah. This is the first bake. Mm-hmm. So then she's got one ready to go that's been in there for 20 minutes. She pulls it out. And, and then, she, again, she says, now these are going to be served like pizzas. Mm-hmm. I don't want to pick that shit up in my hand. I know, but I think she wants pizza and I think she (laughs) wants to be cooking Italian food and she is trapped at this point. And then she gets out a little sauce. She says, okay, now you're going to put a little sauce on top like pizza. And I'm just, somebody needs to get her out of there. She is begging. It is a free Britney thing that we just didn't (laughs) anticipate. This is a free Julia Child thing. She is Mm -hmm. trapped by her own success and she would like to get out of there. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I thought that too at first, and then I thought, well, you know, these, I mean, Provencal and Italian, they're mm-hmm, not so different. Mm-hmm. Uh, she did have that fucking, the oil can that was straight off the set of The Wizard of Oz. Um, <laughs> so bizarre. Um, but yeah, I mean, pizza, right. She, you're, you're right. She definitely keeps hammering the idea of pizza. I think she, it's probably also part of this effort to be uh, relatable and accessible. Yeah. And she's not going to keep saying tranche d'aubergine because, you know, right. it was... Because nobody USA. can say that. Now. She'll let some French fly in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Another thing about the book was saying that um, to, she was a little concerned that the show... I guess I said this before. I don't need to say it again, but I'm going to. Mm-hmm. That the show was a little f- um, being viewed as for the upper class. Mm-hmm. And it was an elitist show to a little little bit but at the time i guess that she brought the book the cookbook forward that french food was it was perceived as only being able to be made in fine dining mm. and so that she was democratizing french cuisine which i think is revolutionary really really like that mm-hmm. so i can see her just continuing to say i'm going to make this relatable and in ways that'll feel familiar to you I'm okay. I'm the way she's doing. It, I'm fine with it. Um, but then she does say, you, know, "You can also get bottled pizza sauce." Yeah. 
One thing. Maybe you don't have canned sauce one, or your own sauce. We skipped over something extremely important that I really feel that we have to discuss is that when she seasoned the eggplant before she put it in the oven, she did a little salt and then she put on a little oregano. And I about lost my fucking mind. I was like, who told you to pronounce it that way? Oregano. <laughs> I was furious. Thoughts? Well, there are a lot of... It's not her most egregious self-made pronunciation. Mm. What would that be? We get one later in the episode mm. that blew my mind and she kept saying it do you know what i'm talking about tomato no parmesan okay no <laughs> i wrote them all down i was like god damn it <laughs> all right so she's putting some um nice uh she, nice sauce tomato sauce i don't even know what she calls it but it yeah. needs to be a seasoned sauce mm-hmm. of some sort and she's assuming you're just gonna buy it from from the store she pulled hers out of the freezer and believe yeah, me, it looked like a... it. <laughs> Again, not not a ton of food styling happening on this set in 1973. There's not, and they're not understanding understanding the implication of color. That's fair. Yeah. She she then sprinkles some cheese on top. A collection of it. old cheeses is what she I says. I love it. I loved it so. Much. I made a little frowny face on my notes. Oh, I loved it. It made me so happy because she said if you're gonna have them in the ice box too long. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't say where they're going to go moldy. Mm-hmm. But she that's what she means. It's too much. And you're going to have to throw them away. She grates them and she freezes them yeah. in a little collection of cheddar and uh, Swiss, mozzarella, parmesan. 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 It's like, <laughs> God damn you. Who is in? Parmesan. Yeah. She grates them, freezes them. She she sprinkles it all on the top. I loved this moment. I was so happy for her mm-hmm. she, because she was being so frugal and so thoughtful about her cheese. And then she puts them on each one and we're really seeing this real time. Mm-hmm. Her putting cheese on top of eggplant pizza. Yeah. We have to watch all of them. Mm-hmm. It's a dozen of them. <laughs> It's just At one point, like, she looks up and she's like, I mean, you can just see on her face, she's like, I know, Jesus Christ. You know, we get, I have to put it on. I have to put it on. It's required. And she puts a little oil on top. And I love this so much where she's like, set them aside until just before you're ready, because then you'll pop them into the broiler for a few minutes. You can make these ahead of time. They'll be fine. Let them sit out. Fantastic. She gets mm-hmm. it. Well, she says like, I will... They're, they'll wait until I'm ready for them or something that was very much yeah. like I'm in fucking control here. So yeah. back off eggplant pizza. Back off. And immediately without a, a breath, she says on to the ragu mm-hmm. Provencal. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're in it and we didn't even know. Mm-hmm. But she's like, fuck the eggplant pizza. Mm-hmm. I wish I were in Italy, but I'm in this goddamn studio. My <laughs> Stanley Tucci with a long, long deck is home he's stroking out it's not cool (laughs) i wish i were home with him why am i here get me out of here yeah all of this all of it and that was the subtext Mm -hmm. yeah her big her big idea for you is get vegetables that are in season does she follow her own 
guidance. Unclear because we don't know what season it is, but it's a it's a ragtag assortment, and they they could be the season. I guess is just 1973. Um, because yeah, it's there's an abortion. Yeah, there's. There's protests in the streets. Mm-hmm. There's uh, unemployment. The gas prices are starting to creep up mm-hmm. in a way that feels uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. People are, there are no seat belts. People so are she doubting have Nixon. Uh, yeah, it's not great. Um, the vegetables are artichoke, carrots, rutabaga. Thank Is you. Is that the one that, that made was you it. crazy? Rutabaga. Yeah. Rutabaga. It's a trash vegetable. Sorry. Um, zucchini, onion, and mm. there was a parsnip. I hate parsnips so much. Parsnip. Now I enjoy a parsnip. Mm. I do. But that's well, this has I been Carp Face. Melissa Goodbye. <laughs> that's because I respect Melissa Clark. Okay. So I guess you know yeah. you've made clear who your friend is and what side you've taken mm-hmm. in in the coming. I just don't culinary. I wars, don't care but... for a parsnip. All right. She says if you have bits of ham or sausage, you could add those too. Mm-hmm. I like that. Mm-hmm. That's a good idea. You have some ham sitting around. Just Do you ever have ham where you're just like, oh, fuck this shit. Root around. Root around in your icebox for around. some small <laughs> bits of ham. Uh, small bits of ham. I feel like if there's ham in my house, which there actually hasn't been for a long time, if you know what I mean. Uh, we, it's, uh, it doesn't go, uh, Sorry. You couldn't make eye contact with me while you said that. There's some ham in this house. There's some ham in this house. Um, We go through phases. uh, When I say we, I mean my son. And we go through different sort of lunch phases. And actually, since the pandemic, I don't think I've bought ham because I haven't been making sandwiches to go. Uh, But if there is ham, I feel like it goes quickly because everyone loves it. It's fucking delicious. All right. Nobody likes ham in my house. Oh, well, sorry. My dad would do like the ham steak when I was growing Mm -hmm. up. He would either do the boiled shaved ham. Uh Uh-huh. You know, where they take ham bits, press them together into a loaf. Yeah. And then just shave it as finely as you possibly can so that you can see all the light through it so that you don't know what you're eating. And that was economical. I, I... Totally understand why he did it. He was just trying to mm-hmm. feed us. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's great. But he loved him a little too much. And then when he would splurge, he would get ham steaks. Mm-hmm. And just, I'm talking, oh, three quarters of an inch thick yeah. of ham. Yeah, with that with he that nasty, it. with a bone in the middle with all the white. Sure, a lot of bone, yeah. a lot of bone in there. And then we had the electric... Uh, electric carving knife uh-huh. uh, with two serrated blades that would just go back and forth. And and then he would just cut the thickest pieces of ham he could. And he thought it was so good. And I, I couldn't eat it. Mm. Like he said, what's wrong? And I'm like, this is going to make me throw up. <laughs> Parents I think love he was that. Mad. I know he was mad. I know he was mad, but then he was also like, well, fine, I'll eat it. Right. So great. <laughs> I love it. So maybe he wasn't that mad. You do? I do. I mean, I I don't think I ever even knew about a ham steak until like after I graduated college and I saw it in the grocery store and I was like, this, what is this genius thing? Because it's like just enough ham, you know, if you're like one person or two people. Um, But the bone in the middle always does. I'm always like, oh, why is there like white, like, uh, translucent or totally yeah. opaque gelatin in the middle of this mm-hmm. weird bone, but I get it because mm-hmm. it's a fucking animal, so I'll deal with it. Yeah. I love a ham steak. Um, 
Sometimes when I get sick of spending like $9 for fucking four slices of Applegate farm ham for my son, I would just be like, I'm buying a ham steak and I will cut it myself. Um, he did not know the difference and everybody was happy. It just makes me nauseous thinking about Sorry. it. Like you talking about ham steak <laughs> and how much you love it. You don't respect oh. me. Not that you ever did, but. No, it's just too much meat. It's too oh, much meat. Okay. We don't. Here we ugh. go. Here we go. It's so thick. I forgot how delicate you are. Well, let's talk about giblets. <laughs> <laughs> I had no problem with those. I loved it. Loved everything yeah. about it. She's got her giblets coming. Mm-hmm. I. And she gives you the. Go ahead. I love that she used the giblets because I, I don't. I mean, when have you ever seen anybody like purposely be like, "Here's a recipe for fucking giblets," like ver- right. versus On just TV, being like, it "Put it in with your gravy or whatever." And it also reminded me of. Um, and I got permission to tell this story. Uh, my okay. my friend Jessica, who I love very much, and I, we've been friends since college, um, has right. when she tells me stories. Oftentimes, there's a punchline that sticks in my head for the rest of my life. So this is a story that she told me a long time ago, and I'll I'll make it quick. It's like maybe I don't know if you'll appreciate don't how make funny it, quick. it is. Tell it. Um, tell it all. When she was a teenager, she was in the grocery store with a friend of hers, and they were getting you know who knows what do teenagers buy chips, fucking. Candy or whatever. Yeah. So they were in line to buy whatever they were buying in the grocery store as teenagers. And they were behind a man who had a chicken sitting on the, on the, um, the thing waiting to get checked out and the live, live or dead, 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 uh, and packaged. And on the package, there was a huge sticker that was like a star and it said with giblets and it had an exclamation (laughs) point. (laughs) <laughs> and you can imagine that a couple of teenagers, they were, were they stoned? Probably. It was, you know, Northern California in the mm-hmm. late 80s. Uh, they were stoned. They saw this sticker that said, with giblets. And they thought this was the funniest fucking thing they had ever seen. And they couldn't, they, my friend pointed at it so her friend could see it. They could not stop laughing. And the um, the checkout lady goes to them, is this your chicken? And he goes, it's my chicken. And I don't see what's so goddamn funny. (laughs) Which, of course, was the funniest, you know, made it even like more difficult to to stop laughing at the giblets. So um, that's the whole story. But hearing Jessica say, I don't see what's so goddamn funny. That has been in my head for 25 years. Giblets. Ain't no wrong way to eat them. Do you know who that is? There's no wrong way to eat them. That's Sandy Duncan for Wheat Thins. Maybe. I'm not now I'm not so sure that you tilt your head. I'm like, am I wrong about that? But there's no wrong way to eat them is definitely uh no, I think it is. Are, are you okay? Yeah, I can't I can't tell if your sound cut out. Um just incidentally, Corey Sicha. The uh, editor at the, he's, he's an editor at the New York Times style section, apparently is a huge Wheat Thins fan. And I always, I follow him on Instagram. I rarely ever see anything, him putting anything on Instagram. But today he made a story that <laughs> documented the fact that he is the only person who comments, he comments in a very straight faced way on every single post on the Wheat Thins Instagram account. And when you see it, it's so, it's, it is art. He just, he makes, it's not, he's not trying to like be, he's not trying to draw undue attention and he's not fawning. He's just like 
He's just engaging with the Wheat Thins Instagram account. Every single post. I love it. Are you so mad? What is it? You're mad because I'm not, I'm not shouting out your beloved fucking burlap cracker? <laughs> What's happening? I just wanted to see how long you were going to go because I loved I loved everything about it. <laughs> you 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 would sit in the silence for a second, be like, "Okay, well, I'm going to tell another story," and I loved it. It was so good. Good. Uh, my I I try to bring a little like goal into every episode that we do. Uh-huh. Believe it or not, uh-huh. gold. And I don't goal? think I've ever to- gold. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Go- no goal. Goal. I try to bring a goal. Yeah. G O A L into every episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, well, what am I trying to do today? Mm. And today I was, I thought, and I, I've never told you this, but it happens in every episode of like, what is my goal? And usually it has nothing to do with you. Like it might sure. be me like, hey, I'm not going to say uh as many times so I don't have to cut them all out. Or I'm not going to feel like I have to chime in to let you know that I'm listening. Like just like I'm I just mm-hmm. try something. But mm-hmm. today's goal was to just let Lori go. <laughs> And so the wow. smile, the smile you saw on my face was just, that was a beautiful goal. Wow. I think You're that great. should be your goal every episode. But now I know, so I'll be real self-conscious about it. Um, I am very hungry. <laughs> I need to walk away from the mic for a minute or less. A few minutes. And oh, you can take your time. some food to put in my can face. Can you give me a prompt, something to talk about? Oh, I, I know what, but if you have one, but I have No, go I don't have a prompt, so please. Okay. So as a mom, sometimes you find that your body's wearing out on you in ways that you didn't know it would. It surprises you. It hurts. Um, you feel disappointed. And just, you, you're happy to get older, but also deep inside you're worried. You know. And... I'm having surgery. My body's a wonderland. Uh, my body's a temple. And I gotta make this temple right. And so I've got a hernia. And it's not something I'm proud of. I don't know that I should be ashamed of it, but I feel it in a way. And uh, it hurts in unexpected ways, right? And it's a hernia. Uh, in my groin and uh, I, I, it's a small one so I don't want you to be worried uh, I told my father about it and he said oh I'm so sorry oh, how bad is it and I said well you know the um, it's not bad it's not I, it's, I think it's pretty small but you know the pigs that we would go see at Shipshawana which is in Amish land in indiana it's a town uh there's there's a big auction there with lots of animals uh most of them are gonna be killed for meat and the diseased ones are gonna be turned into fertilizer and i'm sorry if that's a truth you didn't know about but it's true anyway uh i said you know the the pigs with the ruptures where where the 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 ball sacks were were bigger than their legs because the intestines had ruptured into the into the scrotum i said it's nothing like that i don't have that i don't have pig balls 
He was happy for me. Uh, but uh, I called my medical center where there's a lot of integrated health happening. And it's just down the street. It's very easy to get to. And I said, I don't know who to talk to. This is to the scheduling person. I said, I don't know who to talk to for a hernia. I need to find out if I have one. And he goes, oh. I don't know. And it's in those moments of silence when someone's trying to figure out where to point you for help, where you go. What is this life? You know? Anyway, I go to the GI group and, uh... He touches me. Uh... Before he touches me, he says, well, where's the pain? And I say, I... Uh... I don't know. Uh... My nuts? And he said, your groin? And I said, that's a better way to say that, isn't it? And he just laughed. Anyway, it'll be fine. I'll be fine. I don't have a rapture like the pig. And that's what matters most. Lori's back. She's just judging me and letting me go, so I'm going to keep going. It's not a problem. She's eating nuts, and we don't want nuts eaten. Are you eating nuts? Mm -mm. I was talking about nuts. Okay, you're not you're not eating nuts. That's great. I was eating a so pit listen, and date. So delicious. Mm, mm, mm. You know, one of the things with the initial, and if you don't like body horror, maybe skip ahead. <laughs> but they said, uh, where does it hurt? when I called for the appointment. And I said, uh, like when I'm lying down, it hurts. You know, at nighttime, it kind of, it aches. It burns a little bit. It feels like there's a tugging on my testicle. And they said, yeah, it's probably hernia. Come in. So, uh, if you're ever feeling like somebody's tugging on your testicle, it's a sign. Get help. Get help. Put a ham steak on it. Mm. Mm. So the, she shows us then with the with the giblets exactly what they are. She says that they're hearts, mm -hmm. and they that look just like hearts. She points them out. She puts them out for you. She said they look just like hearts. Mm -hmm. Which I mean, do they? No, um, they look like chicken hearts. Yeah. But they don't look like Valentine's Day hearts right. and gizzards. And she doesn't explain what gizzards are, but I think we know. And if you don't know, look it up for yourself. But I felt like she made the right call and not going to detail. Mm -hmm. With the giblets, she says you cut them up. So no one knows quite what it is, <laughs> but they know it's delicious. Yeah, I love that. That's really good. That's so smart. So smart. Why not chop up those bits? Mm -hmm. And then you don't have somebody going, this is delicious. What is it? And you're like, it's fucking hard. Right. right? And they're like, I don't eat hurt. And you're like, you just ate a lot of them, asshole. So with the gizzard, she shows how to shave off the skin, which is tough. She's like, you got to get rid of that skin and kind of get into the meat that's edible in there. And she shows you a technique for doing it, which will be difficult to describe. You kind of put your your paring knife in the middle of it, and then you you kind of unroll the, the meat inside and you mm. shave it off uh, with just the blade. So it kind of unfurls onto itself uh, to expose the meat. And then you take that skin. And you put it in a pan 
to make chicken stock for something else. Hold on, water's boiling, she'll be right back. She has to go turn it down. She comes right back, she cuts those up, and you're gonna get about one pound of gizzards. Mm-hmm. Well, one pound of gizzards will give you about one cup of meat. That tastes better than meat of chicken we get nowadays. Yeah. Wow, one, even in 73. Yeah. What, what, what? One pound of, of giblets. It's it's heart, one, hearts and yeah. gizzards. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, she says, and it's all eating meat. And I thought, <laughs> what other kind of meat is there, lady? I know I what she means. Like, there's, no, there's no skin. Yeah, there's no, there's bones, no gristle. Whatever. It's, not it's all eating but she's like, meat. It's all eating meat. And she does a technique here that I thought was unnecessary, but involved. So we're going to follow. <laughs> you put a piece of wax paper down. Mm-hmm. You got your chopped up gizzards. You're going to salt and pepper them. We don't know why there's wax paper. She just puts it down. Mm-hmm. She doesn't say, I'm going to show you how to do this. But then she she keeps saying, you put the flour on these right at the last minute. And she probably says that three or four times. Then you, you, you get the flour all over them. Then you put the gizzards into a sieve. Um, and then you shake them onto the wax paper. And then you throw the wax paper away. <laughs> I don't... Lori, I'm just not buying it's it. It's keep adding. The know. wax paper didn't do anything. They must. She loves wax paper. Uh, I guess it's a right. maybe. It's a sanitary thing. I don't know. She never really says, but she does love that wax paper. It, it does make for easy cleanup on your counters. I don't know. She does say that. She says very little cleanup, not too much mess. Yeah. Fantastic for her, but. She says you can use the same technique with the gizzards. You can add those to spaghetti. Or risotto. She wants out of this show. <laughs> she is done. She wants to be cooking in Italy. She needs a new series. Yeah. Somebody give her a series. On the stove. We're, we're onto the stove. She's got a pan there, a little olive oil into it. The giblets go in. Such aggressive stirring. Mm-hmm. Just stirring the shit out of those giblets. Mm-hmm. You don't know why. She doesn't say why she's doing it. I don't know. She, she doesn't know why she's doing yeah. it. Yeah. It's, it's aggressive and, uh, well, it's a weird, it's a very cheap, thin looking pot too. So maybe there's some, some concern about them, uh, getting, getting burned. I don't know. Also, I feel like the pot is overcrowded with meat. Like it's, there's a lot in that technique that is not how I would do it, but I have come to realize like, it's okay. Shit works out in the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fine. I'm not And you're going to cook those for about what? 45 minutes, an hour, I think. Later on. She doesn't tell you for a while. Yeah. Now she's getting out. She covers those, I think. You yeah. can add the liquid later, she says. Okay. Yeah, it seems like um, you're going to have a pan full of pencil erasers, but I'm going to have faith that she knows what she's doing. She gets a new pan. Mm-hmm. This one's a bit more shallow. Oh, but, and it's a copper pan. It's like they spend all their money on this, on this fucking pan, and then they had to get the Fisher-Price pan for the giblets. She said, you want the pan filled. You can play it by ear. You want the pan filled with vegetables within about one sixteenth of an inch at the top. Mm. One sixteenth of an inch. Why not just fill it to the top? Yeah. But that's fine. We're, it's fine. Yeah. It's a quibble. She's saying we're going to fill this sucker up and with whatever you have, fine. And she starts with how you should start just about any Provencal recipe. You're going to have onions, olive oil, garlic. Two to three onions go in chopped up, then the garlic. She starts counting the garlic. I have 
six, seven, eight, nine, ten. It was it was very Sesame Street in the count, yes. and I liked it. Yes. I liked it a lot. I wanted her to go ha 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 mm-hmm. at the end, but she mm-hmm. didn't. Ten cloves of garlic peeled and quartered, and then that's going to cook for a while. Mm-hmm. Thoughts so far, Lori? How are you feeling about this recipe? I'm I'm a little st- I'm stressed. I guess what what stresses me out is that she has the onions and the garlics garlic. Uh, chopped and ready to go in the pan. Nothing else appears to be ready. As it turns out, she does have some things chopped, but she's like, and then you're, she's only then does she start with the artichokes. And I'm like, lady, you are really playing with fire here. Like, I I don't know. It just seems like, uh, I guess there's a reason. I guess artichokes get oxidized very quickly. So you don't want to be cutting them too far in advance, okay. then you've got to have a bowl of water with the lemon, and it's a whole other fucking thing. But I, it stressed me out a little bit. Also, that she had, she saw fit to remark on this plastic cutting board. You can put it right in your dishwasher. It's from it's a Joyce it's Chen. From Joyce Chen. I think it's made in China. <laughs> like the the sort of the offering of that as if it's something that she's very excited about, and I, and I guess that really just speaks to like whatever, the way things were different uh, with imports and uh, manufacturing in this country uh, in 1973. It kind of blew my mind. No, no, no. It blew my mind. I was like, oh, what if, what if plastic cutting boards are within the last 50 years? It seems very possible. I mean, plastic, I think was not anywhere, you know, it wasn't a ubiquitous thing in our lives. And it was, I mean, clearly it was enough for her to remark upon on her limited time on a television show that she had a plastic cutting board and isn't from Joyce Chen. Yeah. Now, I will tell you, I still have I cook almost exclusively with Joyce Chen utensils. Really? Like bamboo mm-hmm. type of things. She grabs that or artichoke. She says, you know, with all these vegetables, you want one or two of each variety. That's what you're going for. You're not going for a lot of one thing. Mm-hmm. You want it to be I don't know, fucking vegetable right. ragu. So th- it's a ragu, but it's not a ragu of one thing. It's a ragu of many. Um, just like Joseph in his amazing Technicolor dream coat, but it's vegetables. Yeah. So then you're going to cut the artichoke into quarters. Then she shows you how to bend the leaves back and peel them toward the base. And then you're going to trim those off. And then you're going to cut out the choke. You cut off the green parts. You leave a little stem or take it, stem or take it off. doesn't matter. Whatever you feel like. Just take off anything that is green and then put it into your pot. Lori, I've never felt less intimidated by artichokes in my life. Yeah. Ever. The quartering technique felt- is really a good one. I never knew it. I I just, I see people and they're doing, oh, this is so easy. And, and they're showing you their technique. And it's like, this is a fucking nightmare. I will never buy artichokes in my mm-hmm. life. Will I buy the frozen hearts from Trader Joe's? Of oh, course yeah. I will. Yeah. Will I eat them out of a dip from Houlihan's? Of course I will. Will there be spinach in it? Absolutely. But will I do it myself? Now I will. Mm-hmm. I'm going to buy a goddamn artichoke wow. and cut it the fuck up. And all I'm going to do is take off all the green stuff and the choke. And it's not going to be a big deal. I love her. I love her for making that so accessible. And she whipped that sucker up probably in 45 seconds. She had a quarter of it cleaned mm-hmm. and ready to go. Mm-hmm. Now Everybody gets a quarter. She wants you to know. And it's a nice thing. And that's where I go. Everybody will get a quarter. Mm-hmm. I think she's full of shit. She's going to get all the... <laughs> yeah. She's going to get all the artichoke quarters because she knows that they're the good ones. Mm-hmm. But in theory, everybody will get a quarter. Thoughts so far, Lori? How are you feeling about a ragu? Uh, I feel all right about it. It's a little... You know, I, I want it... I'm, I'm a little surprised at, at the... 
When I think of a ragu, I guess I think of a little more color. And she does say that the carrots give some nice color. I'm a little, I'm a, I'm not totally sold on the, that the flavor of this thing is going to be exciting and good. Uh, I agree. But at the same time, I know that I'm often surprised by how good a simply cooked vegetable straight out of the pan with some salt and some fat can be. So I'm willing to have faith that this is going to be better than my, some of my experience tells me that a wet pan of vegetables can or should be. I think the way, I think you're absolutely right that the way we're seeing her prepare them in this short amount of time Mm -hmm. where we're not seeing any of the cooked vegetables like, hey, I cooked these beforehand. Now you're going to add this. It, it is the, it's just a real sad plate of food Mm -hmm. at the end in color, Mm -hmm. because just like she did in the first episode, maybe it was this, no, it was the first episode that we watched with the meat where she's not searing it Mm -hmm. to actually get it beyond gray tan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Gray, gray. Um, she's not putting any color on these vegetables. We don't get to see them cooked down. It does not look delicious, even though she tells us later, this is the mo- one of the most delicious, delicious things she's ever eaten in her mm. life. We're going to push through everything else that she puts in there. Cause there's a lot of cutting and dumping. Yeah. Um, we got the parsnips we've, Oh, we got the parsnips, the rutabaga and the carrots. She does take the peelings off of the Joyce Chen plastic dishwasher safe cutting board. Mm-hmm. She, throws it behind her the peelings behind her and she explains i'm not dumping them on the ground there's a wastebasket back here clearly Mm. clearly she's been given feedback yeah why is julia child dumping these on the ground and she's like you're a fucking moron i'm not yeah she doesn't say it though all right she puts in two to three potatoes chopped everything's about a half inch cut thick Mm -hmm. you know but yeah you could use beans if you wanted what is she talking about Lori? you could use beans if you wanted how are potatoes and beans set in the same breath well sure i mean they're you know there's a there's a starchiness to them uh you know they would have to be canned beans or i mean they you couldn't put raw Mm. dry beans into this ragu and expect anything but a nightmare um i i I hear what she's saying she's she's assuming that you're starting from canned and this there's a Comparative starchiness. Uh, did you, did you, you miss the part where she said, I happen to be very pro turnip? No, I did miss <laughs> it. <laughs> and uh, it's weird because when you write that down in your handwriting, it looks, mm-hmm. it looks like pro Trump a little bit. Wow. It's upsetting. Wow. Uh, the book that I read or the selections from the book, she was very. Uh, anti-Nixon and what Nixon was doing to PBS. PBS was uh, and was being threatened by Nixon to take away all the educational stuff mm. because it was viewed as so pro-Democrats mm-hmm. and so pro-free um, speech so as to threaten his sad little soul right. that he couldn't handle it and wanted to withdraw funding. So she went around, did a lot of, even if she wasn't directly addressing Nixon, she was talking about the importance of free speech and that, you know, PBS is a recipe for blah, blah, blah. So just playing off the cooking a little bit, but that she was a real fierce advocate for local, local PBS stations and their ability to do programming that matters, which I love that for Uh, pro turnip, pro free, free speech. Like it was all there. She did, she throws in some kosher salt, this coarse kosher salt. Sorry for doing her voice, her coarse kosher salt. 
And she says, I'm going to take a look at my giblets yeah, my, over here. My giblets over here. I feel like she was doing a bit, like she was doing a voice, like my giblets. My giblets, you're right. Yeah, my giblets. Then she had salt fennel seed in tarragon. Yeah. Tarragon. 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 There we go. A bay leaf. She doesn't tell if it's... Tell us if it's French or not. Apparently, it doesn't matter if it tastes American or French. Mm-hmm. And now I'm just now I'm going to add some butter. She's doing a self self own here. Mm-hmm. Did you hear what she said about the? Just butter? happened to have a, some of it around. <laughs> she gets yeah. it. She knows. Yeah. She knows who she is. She's not apologizing for mm. it. She's saying, "You go fuck yourself." Yeah, I use butter. <laughs> go fuck yourself, assholes. Uh, uh, she says you can you can add liquid, but uh, it's. You'd, you'd better add butter. Like, yeah, there's no comparison, lady. Uh, should I put in some water or some butter? Hmm. Unclear. Do I want it to taste like water hmm. or good? Yeah. Uh, and then we get to the broccoli. Yeah, she throws in some some celery and zucchini and green pepper right yeah. before that, and then the Too broccoli much. becomes a thing. I I'm. <sighs> There's there's a point when you have to say in your life to someone, I know you have to do this for you, but I can't stand here and watch you do mm-hmm. it. And and even being present while you do it, I feel like I'm somehow enabling you. Yeah. And I know this is hurting you. It's hurting us. It's hurting the family. It's hurting our community, and I have to go. And this would be my moment with Julia, where it's not for me. With the green peppers, is that what is that what puts you over the edge? No, no, no. The broccoli. Oh, okay, yeah. The broccoli was too much for mm-hmm. me. Now, listeners heard some body horror when they walked away. When you walked away mm-hmm. to get your fig newtons or whatever you were eating, uh, they heard some painful things from me. Mm-hmm. That certainly they heard the testicle tugging episode, yeah. right? In, in my life, I want that's a warning. I and mean, people tell you what a stroke feels like, right? Like if you smell, if you smell, what is burnt it? Burnt toast. Bread? Burnt toast. Yeah. If you smell burnt toast, if your arm is numb, but nobody tells you, what do you do when your testicles being tugged from inside your body? Oh. But here's what I'm telling you right now. The horror when she peeled the stem of the broccoli, the thick stem of the broccoli, she got her knife on her. And she said, you want to remove this, the skin on the stem because it'll cook faster. And then she gets her knife right on a good hunk of that stalk on the broccoli and then rips up rips it and I, sh- I shrieked my kids were like what's wrong and I'm like broccoli and they're like okay wow Lori why why I, why did that have to happen I, to us I don't know I'm I'm honestly I I don't feel the same way I think no no I like broccoli I think I do too I, but why did she do I think, that well have you had a broccoli cooked broccoli stem that hasn't been peeled it tastes like yeah i just throw it away she's being frugal oh friendo she's got two dollars and she's got to serve four adults 
We're not but throwing anything away. But where's her vegetable away. peeler? Where's her vegetable Joyce peeler? Joyce Chen where's has just not cut her one yet. Why doesn't she just take a knife and go, here, you can just take this outer edge off. This is safer. It's not your, your knife's not going to slip. Lori, she's, it was horrific. She's doing that grandma thing. This, well, this is also her, another way in which she's like, let me be Italian. Let me go to Italy. Because that's such a yeah, classic, like, right. grandma standing over the bowl with yeah. a paring knife, cutting it directly into the tendons of her hand. If any of you... Treat broccoli the way Julia Child did. I will report you. <laughs> to whom? If you have if you have children, your children will be taken away from you. <laughs> I promise you. You have no idea what I'm capable of. Mm-hmm. You have no idea. If you treat broccoli the way Julia Child did, and you have anyone in your home, <laughs> they will be taken to a safe place. I want you to stop now stop and think about what you're doing to your family what you're doing to stanley tucci who has strokes at home and julia child is no she she, she'd much rather be in italy with stanley tucci Mm -hmm. right now than doing this but what she is doing is a crime against broccoli Wow. wow uh she also is, she ends up, I think, wasting more of the broccoli than if she were to just, you know, peel it with a peeler, which maybe hasn't been invented yet. I don't know. Or simply takes a sharp knife and just cuts off that outer skin. I, I don't know. But I think we need to move on. Um. <laughs> oh, that's great. Why don't we move on, Lori? When crimes are being committed, when people are unsafe, let's move on. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Let's just move past yeah. it. <sighs> <sighs> let's. Uh I wrote, I want more room in that pan, which I suppose is a note for earlier, but I just, it stressed me out to see how full that pan was. Like, I'm sorry, your, your vegetables, there's too many vegetables in the pan. It's not cooking. I honestly, when she loaded in all that green shit at the end, I was like, come yeah. on, fucking come <laughs> on, lady. I'm not a zucchini fan. I was sort of pissed about that. I, I, will, yeah. I will eat a green pepper. I, I like to I know you broil will. a green mm-hmm. pepper in the toaster oven, but I don't think it has any place in that ragu. No, it didn't make sense with the flavor she's got going in. It just was a wild addition. Yeah. Uh, then, and then the decorative note of the broccoli flowers. I was like, I, you know what? It's, you know what's sadder than not having decoration? Decorating yeah. with broccoli flowers and being yeah. real excited about it. Like, just no. No. Now, here's where I turned. Okay. I thought how she was treating them. The broccoli, as she would call them, flowerettes, mm-hmm. was really precious okay. because she was taking the time. Instead of little trees, mm-hmm. she was making just little bitty bites mm-hmm. of broccoli. And and then she would like kind of shave down the ends of each of the little tree stems um, the, in a way that I found appealing mm-hmm. as opposed to body horror grotesque. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's like we're in Hostile 2. <laughs> Or something. It, it's, uh, I just found it really beautiful. And she said, if you have a couple of friends, you you can have a go at it, right? And everybody can, she, of course it takes time, but it's necessary. Just have some friends over and you all can, can uh, hang out with your broccoli flowerettes and make them beautiful. You're right. It was too much. But then I liked, I, she had me back immediately. Uh, she lost me and then she had mm. me. She takes the uh, pizzas out. Great. 
the cheese is very lightly brown. She's happy with him. She just sets him on the countertop. She's in Italy in her mind. The the giblets, she wants to, to get those into the ragu. They've cooked for about an hour. They haven't. Uh, they get folded into their ragu. It's upsetting. But that's fine. We know it's going to be better if you actually let all this cook. Like the vegetables need to cook for 45 to an hour. You need the giblets to cook for an hour. Then you're going to stir it all together. Your, your flowerettes have blanched for two to three minutes. She has a scoop to get them out. Where is that scoop from? It's from Where's Italy. that scoop from? It's from it's a, me, it a scoop. Uh, it's she loves it and I love it too. It's the most charming piece of equipment that she's ever had on her show. It's so beautiful and she says it's Italian. I guess they scoop out alphabet soup with it. I know, which I was mean? like what are you talking I about? You I don't know what that means. Are hallucinating. I don't know what it means. The ragu is poured out onto a platter. It's upsetting it looks like uh my grandmother farm farm cook really good and then horrible mm -hmm. all at the same time mm -hmm. just depended she's uh you know one of her specialties as i've mentioned before i'm sure is the rolled up lasagna mm -hmm. noodle mm -hmm. but at the center of it is a half a chunk uh of smoked sausage from eckridge farms it's real tough it's real tough mm -hmm. Um, it just, she did a lot of cabbage in her life as, as one should, yeah. but this looks like some of her bad cabbage mm. that she would make cabbage where nothing is brown. There is no flavor. We haven't seasoned effectively. And she just pours out and says, well, here's dinner <laughs> with some smoked sausage. It was just it's rough. I knew it was, I knew it could have been better had she had, she had real time, had done some swap outs. She says, let's add some black olives, Ugh. which around because that is a nice Provencal touch. I hated that so much. You didn't like it? I kind of mm. liked it. No, I'm, I'm I kind of liked it. I'm lukewarm on olives. I, I felt like oh, if it's okay. 1973, those motherfuckers just came out of a can. And uh, no, it's it, it's like well, maybe. It's the equivalent of like if somebody were to take their food and like lick it so that you wouldn't eat it that's what she did to that food by putting the black olives on it i'm sorry and, I, and i'll eat a black olive like in a you know mm -hmm. whatever mm -hmm. like as a canapé but like i don't want it in my fucking ragu with all those other ugh, no no i kind of wanted it i kind of okay. wanted it i wanted it but she did put it on the side she didn't put it on top so you didn't have to have yeah. it right so if you want the olives you can I would take the olives. Mm -hmm. Got it. All right. She then pauses after she's poured everything out. She puts the she puts the pan down that every the copper pan that it's all been cooking in. She pauses and she just stares straight ahead for a second. She doesn't know where she is. Mm -hmm. She doesn't know what's happening. How is Stanley Tucci? Mm -hmm. Is he okay? Why isn't she in Italy? These are all things flashing through her mm -hmm. eyes. Uh, when she killed 15 people mm. that they were spies when she was in the CIA, mm -hmm. not like it's all, they're all there mm -hmm. and she's around the table with all of them in her uh, mind palace. And then she realizes, Oh no, I'm here at WGBH Boston. She picks up the platter and moves into the dining room. We don't know what's happening, yeah. but we're going to follow her. You serve it right from the pan. She places it down on the table. The colors are scary. You're right. Yeah. The green on the, I think it was green on the tablecloth. Probably. Yeah. There's so many colors. The green carpet is what to me felt yeah. very, and again, very like Greenwich, Connecticut country club. Like I, I feel like that was a certain type of carpet that you, that you had to 
prove your Mayflower credentials to even be allowed to purchase. She said, I had this dish for the first time in the south of France, near Italy, with Richard Aldean, Alden, we don't know. Mm-hmm. We don't know. He just, She just drops yeah. a name. Perhaps no, other people is. know who that is. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's very important. And we've, you know, shame on us for not knowing. But also she says it in a way I don't know what his name is. Uh, and I thought it was one of the best dishes I've ever had in my life. Why didn't she tell us this at the beginning? Why am I now finding out that this is one of the best dishes that she's ever had in her life? Also, I'm sure it did not have the same composition of vegetables in it in the south oh, of, of France. Of course it didn't. Of course it didn't. They were not putting de fucking parsnip in the, in the fucking ragu. I'm sure no. of it. Lori, here's just a little feedback for for you on parsnips. I got over green peppers for this episode and didn't make a big deal out of it. You can flip me off all you want. The fact that you were not upset about the body whore of the broccoli, I I don't want to hear it about parsnips anymore. She then says (laughs) that you can serve this if you have a couple dollars. Oh, no, that you should serve it with rustic bread. We don't know if that's within the $2 limit or not. She, she pulls out some rustic bread that's kind of Italian. Or then she says, Armenian bread served in <laughs> a bread basket, uh, a basket made of bread. It was a gift from my California. It was a gift from my mother in California. I think it is very cute. Lori, it was not I cute. I hated it so much. I hated it. It's like, come it on. It looked, it looked like something I would have done seven years old vacation Bible school when all my parents wanted to do was to get me out of the house so my mom could work, my dad could work, and I wasn't home alone. Yeah. That's all they wanted. Mm-hmm. was, And I would come home from, you know, some fucking thing where we're in the Bible land and I forget what it was called, but let's call it Jerusalem AD, I think was the theme that year, something like that. And we made, we made butter by hand, just like what the... The Jews did? I don't wow. know. I don't know. We shook butter up and we pretended that we were living in biblical times. I, it was it was upsetting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Her mom has poor taste. California is a trash hole in the 70s. <laughs> Everything is bad. Everything is bad. This basket made out of bread is indicative of how horrible the Nixon years were. It reminded me of that Sarah Silverman song, Whatever Happened to That White Dog Poop from the 70s. Do you know that song? <laughs> no. Look no, it up. I, all right. She says, if you have a few dollars more, you can have dessert. That's nice of her. <laughs> then she says, a brioche. And then she just lets out a whole bunch of French. And I have no idea what she said. Yeah. Or a VIP walnut cake. Yeah, which, what the fuck is that? It seems like that in itself probably cost $3. A VIP walnut cake. Yeah. What do you think's in there? The fingers of the VIPs that she assassinated mm-hmm. in. Uh, mm-hmm. That's right. In yep. Persia. What's what's one hundred and thirty fingers? Yeah. A uh, couple of <sighs> pomegranate seeds and mm-hmm. uh, uh, a, a pigeon that's been stuffed with a force meat. That's I right. I don't know. And I didn't if you like have it. A f- I didn't like it at all. If you have a few more dollars, you can have. And then she says many, many French words, yeah. which she will not explain. It is white wine. It no, appears. no, no, it's water. That's that was the joke. It was, I think she said what? Chateau Pomp, and or basically it was it was the joke was like this is you know something straight from the pump from the tap. It was tap water. Oh, I love her. Yeah. Oh, she got me. Yeah, yeah. Go back and look. Oh, it's, she totally burned it's me. Completely crystal clear water. Oh, I love her. Yeah. That's great. 
I was alienated by her in that moment. And now she was just having fun. Yeah. yeah. It was tap water. I like her. She's great. She says, this is Julia. <laughs> Fuck. She says, this is Julia Child. Bon appetit. She's out. Yeah. She's out. Just real. I think she knew the breadbasket was bad. And her mom probably said, put this on your show. And her mom was probably very old. She's in her 60s. Julia's in her 60s at this point. Sure. So I'm going to guess her mom is in her 80s at least. Maybe, yeah, right right around 80 or so. She may have actually thought it was great. I mean, let's remember, we did not have... She didn't... This is pre-NAFTA, uh, okay? We don't have Pier 1 imports. We don't have fucking uh, Bed Bath & Beyond. Like, our, our, <laughs> our resources for cute tableware are extremely limited. Mm. Uh, but no, it was a horror show. Lori, we rate all these episodes of The French Chef mm -hmm. with Julia Child in an interesting way. And, and we call them, what do we call them? Wire whips. Yeah. These wire whips. These wire whips are five. awfully useful. Awfully useful. One to five wire whips. One being not great. Five being great. How are you going to rate this and why? Five. Wow. I'm going to, I mean, let's be honest. I'm always going to give five because fucking it's Julia Child. And, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, what she's, I, I can't do what she's doing. Um, did I, did I want to eat that ragu? No. Uh, but I would try it. But the fact that, that she and her producers uh, saw fit to make an episode about extremely frugal cooking and dining. Yeah. I love yeah. that. And that she was able yeah. to do way more than I expected with uh, with the amount of of money that she had to spend and the, the types of foods that she was able to afford. I loved it. I think she's funny. Um, she I is. can't yep. I can't take a shit on Julia Child. No, no. <sighs> but you know who could? You... Stanley Tucci. No. <laughs> um, with a glass so... coffee table in between them, baby. <laughs> So disrespectful. Many, to to which one? Everybody, everybody who's listening. Okay. Coffee, the coffee table <laughs> lobby of America. I I had to think about this one last time. Okay, first episode five. Last episode four. Mm -hmm. I felt like she was she was running up against the clock and letting it be the boss of her. And I don't want anybody to be the boss of Julia Child mm -hmm. except for Julia Child. When she came on this episode in her uniform that says, I'm ready for business. And she said, what do you do when you want to have a banquet and all you have is $2? I rated it in that moment. I said, I know exactly how this is going to go. And it was perfect. Yay. Five wire whips. Great. Is perfect. This is perfect. Who else has put chicken gizzards on? And I bet some people have, but I haven't seen mm -hmm. it. Maybe we'll... If anybody else ever, ever, ever puts chicken gizzards on their cooking show, mm -hmm. they need to win an immediate award. Yeah. yeah. Because... And we'll send them something, even if they're dead. <laughs> I will send them... I will send them a wire whip... With no explanation. Wonderful. Listeners, let us gold. know if you've if you've seen giblets on any cooking yep. show uh, at any time from any era. Yep. And they have to say 
they have to say giblet. Yeah. Right. Giblet. With giblets. I will send- With giblets. With giblets.